how can I refuse a seventh grade girl who keeps coming to, to assembly after assembly, challenging the old man, hey, you won all these, all these gold medals, let's have a race. Welcome to the Rocky Retirement Show. My name is Kathy Klein and I'm the host. And in this show, we don't talk about money or financial issues. We talk about retirement lifestyle issues. These are things that everybody needs to know, whether or not you've saved enough for retirement. So let's go to the episode. Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. And when I say welcome back, I'm not just talking to you, the listener. I'm talking to my next guest, Alan Mendel. I actually interviewed Alan in 2016, and we talked about his creative writing workshops, and he gave us some really great tips for writing a book. And I asked Alan to come back because he is also a multiple gold medal sprint winner in San Diego's version of the Senior Olympics called San Diego Senior Games. So Alan is going to give us some tips about staying in shape, exercising, and those kind of things, because I know that keeping young, as young as we can and healthy, is on everybody's mind. So Alan, welcome back to the Rocky Retirement Show. Thank you, Kathy. I look forward to speaking with you again. So you are very active. Tell me a little bit about how you got involved in the San Diego Senior Games. Well, if I can spare you uh, a little bit of uh, um, didactics here, actually it's kind of very simple. Uh, When I was in college more than 50 years ago, uh, because I was a fast runner, I was nicknamed something, and I don't know whether I can share this with you with your listeners, but I will go ahead anyway. I was called Motorbutt. Motorbutt? <laughs> Motorbutt, yes, because my because a couple of coaches felt as though because I ran fast, I had a motor in my, which propelled me forward. And so more than 50 years later, I remembered that nickname, Kathy, decided, <laughs> well, let's see whether Motorbutt is still Motorbutt. That is funny. But what simpler way would have been than to go out for San Diego's version of the Senior Olympics? And I did well enough my first year, so that motorbot evidently still was. And so uh, I had the opportunity in my second year to win four, four gold medals. That's awesome. So do you have a T-shirt that says motorbot on it? <laughs> <laughs> No, but I'm going to go invest in one right now and share it with the world. <laughs> that is funny, Motorbutt. Okay, yes, you can say that. We, we'll bleep out things that are bad language, but um, Motorbutt's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So you trained for how long? I mean, did you just go in cold or like how did you start? Well, I had been dancing for a number of years. I'm a, an avid swing dancer and zydeco dancer and so i've been dancing for years so i wasn't in the worst shape uh i wasn't in great running shape so i began running actually ended up with a couple of injuries before i achieved this the the position to be able to compete in the senior olympics uh and uh, the result was that uh, that i did get in shape and as i said did well enough to to really explore it further and typically what I do is I run at least three times a week. I, I do what's known as interval training, uh, which, is, which is where 
honor sprints for a period of time. I like to do wind sprints, actually, uh, where I might run hard for maybe 100 yards or so or 100 meters and then walk back and then run again and so on and so forth. So it can be pretty grueling, but it can get you in shape. And in fact, I was concerned about the fact that that maybe I wouldn't be able to compete effectively in the 400 meters, which is actually once around the track, because here I'd been I'd been training for shorter races. It turned out that that the interval training really worked, and uh, turned out also that my winning time in Senior Olympics was in the top 10 in the country for my age group, and I emphasize for my age group. <laughs> Because, uh, and I'll tell you about a hundred-year-old man as we as we move forward. Out whenever you're ready for him. I'm ready now. I want to hear about a hundred-year-old man who's who's doing these games. Tell me. And the way he put it is, he, what he wanted to do is set world records for his age group. Uh, and the way he put it was, at my age, competition thins out a little bit. <laughs> so, but you'll never you'll never believe what. Uh, the first event was that he competed in. And by the way, this is in front of Fox World News. They sent a camera crew out to, to cover this, this guy. New York Times had a reporter there. First event is the pole vault. Oh, my gosh. Um, and that's when I tell the story, that's what people usually respond with. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. They visualize this man coming, running up to the, running up to the bar with the pole in his hand and the pole catapulting him up 20 feet in the air and then landing on the other side of the bar, blah, 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 blah. Well, this man was pretty creative because, well, pretty smart, I would say, because, first of all, the record for, for his age group was only about three feet. And so what he did was, instead of running up to the bar, he walked up to the bar, stuck the pole in the ground, dropped the pole, and then stepped over the bar in order to set the world record. What? Wait a minute. Wait. I, I'm trying to... What did he do? He Visualize this. Okay. Uh, and I watched him closely because it was, it was pretty... He was a pretty hot topic that day. And by the way, the weather was not too cooperative either. It was a September day where it was like 100 degrees uh, out. And uh, so he comes walking up to the bar with the pole in his hand because you have to use the pole stuck the pole in the ground, dropped the pole because it was just going to get in its way, and then he stepped over the bar. But how did he do three feet? I don't, I'm still not, I'm still trying to figure this out. Well, he just stepped over the, the, the bar, which was three feet high. He's a very tall. Oh, guy. I see. So, so it wasn't on the ground. The, the pole oh. wasn't. Correct. Oh, Correct. okay. I see. <laughs> and, and by the way, when I do my talks, I always demonstrate it so that people can see exactly what he did. Okay, I have a question. Is that cheating or was that kosher? Like, no, that was good because the reality is that 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 pole vaulters drop the bar anyway, as they're as they're as they're because if they don't drop it, they don't let it go. It will hit the it will hit the bar. The, I'm talking about the pole. If, mm -hmm. if they, don't drop the pole. The pole is liable to hit the bar, knock it off, and with the result that the jump won't count. Oh, I see. So he didn't even use the pole. He dropped it before and then just and then just basically straddled over the bar. Exactly. That's oh, exactly. yeah, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. I think you described 
described it much better than I did. <laughs> well, very nicely described. So. I get it. That is, that's great. You know, that would make a good um, GIF or GIF or whatever you call them. You know, those little short videos that you see online? Yes. That would have made a good one, I think. So, Indeed. So this 100-year-old man, what, what's his first name? Do you remember? That way we can call him by a name. I think his name was Don. If Don. I'm, if I'm... Okay, well, let's just call him Don, whether that's his real name or not. So did Don, like, did you get a chance to speak with him at all, or did you just admire him from afar? Did not. I did not. But I will share with you that he competed in six different events that day, including the 100-meter dash, which in his case was not exactly a dash. <laughs> uh, competing in all these events... I did see him in the training room getting a massage. So he held up, but uh, so I didn't want to interrupt the, the massage and actually, uh, and, and by the way, I'm sure that your viewers or your listeners can can get this story online of the 100-year-old man competing in the San Diego Senior Games. Yeah, it sounds like there was a lot of um, news coverage on this event, so that's pretty awesome. You know, Let's go back to to training for the event. So you were already kind of in shape. You were already a dancer. You were a runner already. What about someone like me who, you know, I'm not really that active. I really never have been that active. What advice would you give for someone like me? Start out slow, meaning don't don't extend yourself beyond beyond basic limits to begin with. Build up maybe spend uh, at least a couple of weeks just, uh, if you're a runner, maybe just running very lightly. And then after, and then if, 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 if you're doing well, then maybe extend it from there, both in terms of speed and distance. I do not recommend that somebody right off the, right off the table, so to speak, go out and, and run a, a five-kilometer event, uh, because that's certainly something where injuries can take place. The same is true for sprinters, especially. To me, sprinting is, is, is more dangerous than running longer events because of the fact that you really extend yourself during a short period of time, yes, but the competition is so strong that, that, that you're going to, you, and, and that's where pulled muscles occurred, and I've had, certainly have had my share of them uh, in recent years. Mm. So again, start slow. Start slow. Maybe hire a trainer uh, who will advise and be be very cautious to begin with because I don't recommend somebody, even though they consider themselves to be in good shape, I don't recommend that they go and, and really extend themselves uh, initially. So a trainer is good because they can help you prevent injuries? Exactly, exactly. I wind up in training rooms simply because I extend myself, get injured, and then... <laughs> have to go to to uh, rehab for a while and so on and so forth as all part of this process. So that's why I especially suggest to people that they start slow, build up, and, and see how things go as they go. Right, because being injured is no fun at all. And then while you're injured, you can't even usually continue to train. Exactly. Motor butt is not motor butt injured. No, it's sit around... And wait for your injury to heal, but right? <laughs> exactly, 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 exactly. And by the way, speaking of butts, after my last injury, 
where I pulled the groin muscle, they wanted to build up my butt because they claimed that that was the cause of my uh, my, my potential injury. So, oh. so I, when I exercise now, I have uh, an exercise which will strengthen my posterior. That's really interesting. Well, you know, your body's all connected, so that actually makes sense that it would move around to the front. Okay, great. Well, so we've heard a little bit about your experience with the San Diego version of the Senior Olympics. And right after this break, we're going to come back and we're going to find out more about these senior games. So we'll be right back. Do you want to make sure that you never miss an episode of the Rock Your Retirement Show? Did you know you can subscribe to the show? It's easy. We're in all the major podcast apps, including iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and more. All you need to do is go to your favorite podcast app and search for the Rock Your Retirement Show. Or if you need more help, just go to rockyourretirement.com slash subscribe and you'll find a short tutorial for either an iPhone or an Android phone. It's easy. Okay, we're back from the break and I'm speaking with Ellen Mendel, who was actually on the show um, in 2016, and now he's on the show again talking about senior games. Now, Alan, for somebody who's not in your area, how would they find out about these senior games so that they might participate or at least go watch? The fact is that it's easily reachable by online. It's on just if they if they. Google San Diego Senior Games, it'll come up. And Kathy, there's a whole list of, of activities, uh, of contests and, and sports. Uh, there might be 20 different categories with, in which, which people can compete. So, um, I mean, but I recommend that that's, that's probably the simplest way. And by the way, I did the same thing myself yesterday uh, in preparation uh, because the fact is that I wanted to to give you the, the whole scope of, of games uh, and activities that people can compete in, ranging from ping pong, if somebody happens to be a good ping pong player, to track and field, uh, tennis, golf, archery, pickleball, which I'm not, I think that's a version of handball, actually. And uh, so there's a whole host of things that, can, that people can compete in. What's the most unusual thing that you've seen? I think this 100-year-old man. Uh-huh. Um, I think that was that was pretty unusual, and um, we all, all the athletes that day, stopped. All the activities stopped to watch him. And, uh, and the fact is that he's an inspiration, and he's what Senior Games is all about. Absolutely. How did do you know how they started? How the Senior Games started? I really don't know. Although I can say this that that I. Years ago, I was working for the Parks and Recreation Department, and somebody who was representing seniors approached that department with the idea of, why don't we create something for seniors? Maybe that's where it started, and this was probably about 
40 or 50 years ago. So you were there from the very beginning. I guess uh, to, to a certain extent, although I wasn't eligible to compete back then because I wasn't old enough. That, so, how old do you have to be? Uh, t- to be in the San-, San Diego's version, I believe it's 50. I think they have age categories. And the, and the way the categories work, Kathy, is every five years. 50 to 55, 55 to 60, et cetera, et cetera. Or technically 50 to 54, 55 to 59, and so on. And by the way, we senior Olympians like it when we get another birthday because we get a year older and a, and a year closer to competing against an an older age group. I knew when I turned 75, by the way, that I'm going to compete against those older people. Right. Not anymore. And so that's when I was able to. And actually, uh, I did compete in a, in a track and field meet, a master's track and field meet uh, in San Marcos, at Cal State San Marcos. And at the time, my winning time was number one in the entire country for my age group. And I always emphasize for my age group. Uh, that changed as the year went on, but at least I had the the um, uh, praiseworthiness of being number one, uh, at least for a short period of time. Hey, and you'll always have that. Thank you. <laughs> as I get older, when I hit, I'm, I'm, right now I'm 76, when I hit 80, hallelujah, because again, I get to compete against those older guys. And then 85, same thing, and and it's, it's something to look forward to. Well, it seems like at 76, you have an advantage over the 79-year-olds because you're a little couple days, you know, a little bit younger. That is correct. That is correct. But some of these fellows are pretty pretty fast, and they do it. It's a, it's, it's a way of life for them. They train hard, and they go to meets all across the country, track and field meets all across the country. It's amazing to, to watch them, and they take it very seriously. And the track and field meets are conducted very effectively, too. They have an announcer. They have official timers and, you know, that, that sort of thing. Do they have any medical personnel? Like, what, what happens if somebody actually gets injured? <laughs> and, 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 it, and it always happens, okay? There's always somebody that pulls a muscle or something or what have you. And of course, they do have medical personnel handy. I don't think they have an ambulance, but that might not be a bad idea. (laughs) Right. I know in my church, Alan, so I go to a church where the average age is probably between 80 and 85. And it's a small church where I'm not in a mega church. It's like, I don't know, 150, 200 members. And we have our own nurse. <laughs> and she's she's been needed several times since I've been going. <laughs> there are the services. So, well, well, if she's looking for more work, maybe put her in touch with the San Diego Senior Games and because you know, it could very well be needed. Wow, okay, great. But it's fun. It's fun. And and everybody has a very positive attitude even though everybody takes it very seriously. And by the way, I can share with you something. Uh, I was doing a talk, if you don't mind, Kathy, I was doing a talk at a junior high school in National City uh, on this whole concept of, of keep trying, keep your dreams alive, have fun, et cetera, et cetera. And I was talking to junior high students, and a girl kept coming to the assemblies as I was talking. 
assembly after assembly, and she she kept challenging me to a race. Uh, and so I finally said, "Okay, let's. I'll meet you in the schoolyard after after I do all these uh, all these uh, assemblies." Fine. So I walked out there. The entire school was out there, Kathy, to watch the old man <laughs> running the seventh grade girl. And guess who won? Okay? Who did you win? No, she won. Was it on YouTube? Did did the kids all record it on their cell phones? They, it may be. I'm not. I'm not sure. But it's not one of my proudest moments. I think I do have. <laughs> uh, I do have a video on it, so which I may end up burning. <laughs> and I, but I have an excuse. I do have an excuse, and that is that I had plantar fasciitis at that time. So <laughs> when I saw that she was going to beat me. I didn't extend myself. No, you didn't start limping. Did you start limping or anything or throw your back out? Oh, I got injured. <laughs> no, I did not. Nothing, nothing bad happened. I'd already had the injury. And so I, 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 but how can I refuse a seventh grade girl who keeps coming to, to assembly after assembly, challenging the old man, hey, you won all these, all these gold medals. Let's have a race. Well, now she can say that she beat... A senior Olympian or a senior yeah. games champion. <laughs> exactly. Or a senior nutcase, as, as, <laughs> as, as, as the case may be. It's fun. Yeah, it sounds like it is fun. So tell me, is there a, is there a cost involved in most of these games? I mean, not necessarily just San Diego, but should somebody expect to spend a lot of money or a little bit? Or how does it work? I mean, I mean there's definitely costs. A little bit. In, in fact, I'm going to enter a, a track meet. Uh, it's an all-comers meet. It's going to be at uh, Balboa Stadium in San Diego. Uh, it's next Wednesday, and I think it costs $7 per event if you sign up online. Oh, that's so, not bad at all. So it's affordable. No, no, exactly. It's, it's affordable, and it, it just covers the cost of renting the track and also uh, the administration costs involved. So how many people... Would you expect to show up? Is it is it a hundred? Is it five? Yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> I would say a hundred. A hundred. Okay. And, and, it, and it will range in, with an all comers meet. It will range in all age groups. There'll hmm. be kids who might be twelve or thirteen or fourteen, on up to the old man myself. Oh, but you're not racing against the fourteen year olds. Uh, actually, actually, they divided into heats. Uh, so that, that it turned out that the last event, which was at Mesa College, I was running in the 400 meters, and there was a youngster who was probably 12 or 13 in my heat. And, and I swore that I was not going to finish last again, because after all, these are all younger people, and they're skilled and, and, and whatnot. So I I debated as I was in the home stretch, should I beat the kid or not? Should I let him beat me or not? <laughs> I said to myself, I'm not finishing last again. And right at the wire, I went past him. And and, uh, and so that's, I guess I don't have a good heart. <laughs> no, you're teaching him that he has to strive a little harder. Exactly. Or maybe not run so fast early. Exactly. See, you don't you don't want to let people that are competing, not like a a race to the park or whatever, but if they're competing 
and they and they're wearing a banner you you've got to try your best and let them try their best and and thank you for that advice and I did and uh, but he got a nice round of applause for for competing and next time next time he'll he'll improve you know he'll do a little bit better so okay good so what do you win when you win do you is it just a applause or do you get a medal what what happens they actually do give out medals uh, they're not they're not $5000 medals but the ribbons with a with a medal on and they're nice and i've got a collection of them and can show my uh great grandkids if i'm fortunate enough to have them um uh, so that's all, and that's all part of the situation. Plus, I have have some videos. Uh, and in addition, I think I still have this video of this seventh grade girl beating me. So I can. I'm not sure I want to show that. <laughs> and lots of stories. And the main thing is just to be out there, living life, competing, having fun, and you never know what's going to happen. I mean, you go to one of these track meets and. And you never know who you're going to meet, who you're going to run into, and, and, and it's just really a good experience. That's great. I certainly recommend the San Diego Senior Games. That's where I got my start. Uh, so I can definitely recommend them. They run a nice program, and, and, it, and of course, it's a lot of fun. And when are they, when, when are the main competitions? Thanks for asking. September is the month that's designated, which ironically is, of course, the, typically the warmest month in San Diego. So, uh, and and the, and the senior, uh, the the track and field is usually uh, around September 20th or so. I don't have the exact date for this year, but they designate the month of September for senior games. That's good because somebody might listen to this episode in the year 2025, so we don't have to put the exact dates, but knowing that in San Diego it's always in September is good to know. And then is there a website that somebody can go to? Yes, there is. And again, if they just Google uh, San Diego Senior Games, it'll come up. What if they're not in San Diego? Are these games pretty much in September everywhere, or is it different based on where you're at? Thank you for asking. Good question. They're they're based on where you are. Okay. And, and that enables people who are really serious about this, and I would categorize myself as being less than really serious, <laughs> but people can go to different places. I've known people that have gone to national events, uh, which, by the way, this year was held in San Diego at UCSD, but uh, can go to... Nashville, Tennessee, or to Asheville, North Carolina, or wherever uh, they're having meets and compete. So, and there are a lot of runners and, and athletes who do exactly this. Interesting. So, so you're seeing? Are you seeing the same people over? Like, do you become friends with some of your competition, or is it kind of like, hmm, don't talk to him because he might win? How does that work? Yeah, actually, I. There's a fellow that's a little bit older than I, and his son always coaches him, and I tease them as to which one is the father and which one is the son and so on and so forth. It turns out that the son is the coach and the father is, is the runner, <laughs> and I've gotten to know them and uh, gotten to know other people. Uh, and by the way, the San Diego Senior Games has luncheons on the second Friday of each month in Balboa Park, and it's an opportunity for for people to go and socialize, and they always have a speaker there, and it's informative. Plus, as I said, you can meet other people 
that sort of thing. Awesome. Well, that's great. So if San Diego does it this way, there's a good chance that wherever you are in your area probably does that too. So if you're not in San Diego, just Google um, your location, Senior Games, or your location, Senior Olympics, and you should be able to find an organization near you. And if you can't, maybe you can start one. So, Alan, thank you so much. We're nearing the end of our time together. Is there anything that you would like to say before we say goodbye? Uh, Kathy, just thank you for the opportunity. It's a worthwhile activity that uh, exercise, and no matter what form, is, is, is worthwhile. Uh, keeps us young, alive, having fun, making the most out of life. And I just feel as though it's, it's a good thing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And for the listener... We'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye. Oh, wait. I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rock Your Retirement show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August, actually August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, 
there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.